0: SportsCast Prime! Good morning, everybody. Winter's here. Anybody else excited? No, 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 we're not going to accept that. Okay, I refuse that. Well, we're here for another uh, edition of SportsCast Prime. Uh, This is Mike. We got Nick here. Say hi, Nick. Hello.
1: And Dan has blessed us with his presence. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Um, And hello, friends of the show and uh, soon-to-be iTunes listeners. It's a very exciting time for SportsCast Prime. We've got a stray
0: dog outside who's really excited as well. Uh, Hello, stray dog. (laughs) We're uh, we're on iTunes. Uh, Check us out. Yes. I'm sure you can find the uh, link on the Facebook page or something like that. Got a nice full show today. Uh, we're going to talk about MLB playoffs. It's a pretty exciting time here. Uh, St. Louis just won last night. They're going to advance to the NLCS now to face the Dodgers. Big game. Big game from some uh, familiar faces on St. Louis. Uh, complete game. Right? Was it a complete game? Yeah, complete, complete game, game. from uh, Adam Wainwright. And Mr. Josh Freeze... We're saying David his name. Freeze. David Freeze. Who's Josh Freeze? Freeze?
1: Um Josh is like Freeze is an imaginary person that you just made, made up. up. All right, dude. That's all right. And it's he's early. Standing right next to you. It's early.
0: Where's Michael? I'm sure he's also a great baseball player <laughs> somewhere. Do I know a Josh Freeze?
1: How you doing, buddy? <laughs> no, but you are right on about uh Wayne Um you know, after he had that big surgery a few years ago, um, he came back strong last year, and this year he was looking as dominant as ever in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And um, so far in two starts, um, he's pitched 16 inch, uh, innings and given up only two runs, and that's equaled two wins for the St. Louis Cardinals, both of which they needed desperately against a very good and young Pittsburgh Pirates team. Poor Pittsburgh. Poor Pittsburgh. Poor <clears throat> Pittsburgh. We were all rooting for Pittsburgh. We well, were. <laughs> I think we were all unanimously
2: know, rooting for Pittsburgh because of the story, and it was like a good thing for baseball.
0: Yeah, but um, my pick is still alive, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is really all that matters. Okay, but um, yeah, Wainwright. You know, I was, I was, I was saying earlier before we started recording. I, I think Wainwright is one of the most, I, I guess, underrated ace pitchers that we've had recently. Uh, he's been really, really dominant, and he doesn't get he doesn't get the treatment that a Verlander gets, you know, that a CC Sabathia has gotten, uh, even that a Clayton Kershaw has gotten in recent times. Although Clayton Kershaw's been a different brand of dominant uh, recently, but you know that's that, that that's another story. But he's been great. He's been great in the playoffs. He consistently leads the or is among lead, league leaders in ERA, you know, record, all 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 these stats that you think people more people would take notice. But I feel like he kind of just doesn't get his due. Why um, do you think you, that is? I'm
1: not really sure. He, I think I think originally when he you know when he came up and he started to become a really solid pitcher, um, he was kind of in the shadow of of Carpenter, okay. who mm-hmm. you know had previously won um, the Cy Young in the National League and yeah. was at the top of the, his game yeah. and at the top of of the league as far as you know starting pitching. Yeah. Um, even even the year that um, that Wainwright. Came in second or third in the Cy Young. Um, you really didn't even hear about him until the very end. Mm-hmm. You know, he had had an unbelievable season, but like Mike alluded to, mm-hmm. completely under the radar. Um, you know, for most of the season. But I'm definitely glad that he's got his dues, mm-hmm. and um, looking forward to watching him pitch again uh, against the Dodgers coming up. Um, mm-hmm. I think that entire St. Louis pitching staff is pretty amazing, for sure. Yeah. It's got to be a pretty good feeling when you have a uh, a rookie starting pitcher who goes 15 to nine with a 303 ERA, and you cannot find a spot for him on your rotation. Yeah so that's pretty good Wainwright I
0: believe and correct me if I'm wrong uh, Wainwright was traded they got Wainwright from the Braves for uh what was his name JD drew I think. A year of JD Drew before I guess he went to Boston or something like that. Um, not a bad, not a bad pickup, not a bad pickup. No, no, no. But I, I, you know, I, I think you make a, a good point about it, it's. It, I think maybe the reason for it is his pedigree it w- isn't the same as these other guys. A lot of these guys have been touted since they were prospects. You know, they were top, top prospects, and I don't believe Wayne Wayne Wright was one. He kind of flourished uh, late. You know, he flourished in the minor leagues prior to.
1: Um. You know what? I think it seems as though all of these, all these playoff teams, um, including the giants of, you know, the last couple of years, Mm -hmm. they all have a lot of good solid starting pitching, but I think that um, they're all kind of in like a friendly competition within the team. You know, they're great pitchers (laughs) and they all want to be that number one. So, you know, yeah, they want to win, but they also, you know, want to get, they want to be the number one guy. And so I think that kinda they kinda feed off of each other and they push each other to be as great as they possibly can. So when you have Wainwright, you know, who previously was linked up with like a carpenter, Mm -hmm. you know, Wainwright was pushed by Carpenter and vice versa. And now that carpenter has been sidelined with injuries, Wainwright has now stepped up into that role. Yeah. And it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, for Saint Louis, you know, who kinda steps into the into the Wainwright role. And if I had to make a choice it'd it. probably be Michael Waka who almost pitched two um no hitters his last two starts uh, as a rookie um so we'll have to see on that but so Waka. far so good.
2: Waka-flocka. I had
1: to say it. Waka-waka-waka. I did not have to say it.
0: It was very difficult. Not <laughs> I was just, it was very it was difficult. Just, it just lingered in my head. Nick and I, and I just, looked at each other <laughs> when Dan mentioned his name. Yeah, I was like, wait. And here. we thought the same thing <laughs> without realizing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably Wacha. But I like, yeah.
2: to, I like to call nope. it Wacha. Nope. I'm holding on to that. It's all right. <laughs> Whether you botched it or not. Um,
0: yeah, you know, there there are, and you had mentioned this, Dan, we've got we a lot of young pitchers making impacts in the major leagues and in the playoffs over the last couple of years, particularly this year. I know you wanted to mention something about that.
1: Yeah, well, um, for instance, tonight, uh, Tigers versus A's game five, Sonny Gray is going to take the mound um, for her, his first um, major league start in the playoffs, and he... He was five and three in the regular season with a two six seven ERA in sixty four innings pitched. Um, just another you know another solid rookie starting pitcher who's you know earned a right to pitch in an important game, and you know we'll have to see how he how he uh, reacts to that after tonight. Um, the other guy that I really am uh, very interested in watching is Garrett Cole, who was the first pick in the two thousand eleven draft. Um, Are are you a fan of
0: of Garrett Cole, Dan?
1: I'm a huge fan of Garrett Cole. (laughs) Um, I made the mistake of trading him on my Fantasy Dynasty League this year (laughs) about a month before he got brought up, and I will hate myself forever for that. (laughs) But um, in all seriousness, Garrett Cole, I mean, you you guys watched Game 2. He was completely dominant against an awesome uh, St. Louis offense, got them the win, and even... In game five last night, you know, he gave up the three runs, but he had a very solid performance and, uh, you know, really showed things to come not only for him but for that entire Pittsburgh organization and that, that pitching staff that they have, which is mm-hmm. very good. So, Did A.J. Burnett still pitch for them this year? Was he a major player? He, yeah, In he, he pitched year, game right? one. Um, oh, he did? He got rocked for about six... Runs in about four innings. That sounds about And They right. took him out, and <laughs> then they decided to go with the rookie Cole in Game Five instead of instead of uh, Burnett instead of when hit pitch So I think they wanted to start with experience. Yeah. Um. But you know, Burnett, as we know, as Yankees fans, he's one of those guys where he could be on or he could just be completely off, and it was kind of you know you hope for the best, but. It just didn't work out this time for him.
0: You know, it's funny. It's
1: funny you mentioned that because I, you know, while you were talking about you know the, the
0: rise of rookie of rookie phenoms, um, most importantly being entrusted with, okay, you can pitch, you can be our ace, you can be our game one guy in the playoffs. I I thought about the fact that you know what we used to do is you know I, I think the way we're looking at baseball is changing. You know, it's all you know the stats, stats are dominating more than uh, you know the you want to call it the common sense or the unwritten rules or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the idea of, you know, when you see a guy like A.J. Burnett, who got got the game one start, not because he was the best pitcher on the team, he got the game one start because he was a guy you thought you could trust, you know, because he's a veteran, he's been there before, he's pitched in the playoffs or whatever, and that didn't work out. And I think what you're probably seeing a lot more these days is that, that's that. That's kind of a load of you know what. Hmm. The idea that there's that there's some kind of intangible oh, been there before. What it really is about is balls and strikes. It's throwing a it's throwing a pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's all it is. And, yeah. You know, he gets he gets he gets knocked around, and you got your rookie pitchers who are doing fine, and that might be you know that might be emblematic of a, a change in how like managers are approaching things in baseball, which. Kind of falls in line with what we're seeing, where everything's you know sabermetrics are starting to like dominate, and and people are kind of eschewing old principles and assumptions that they've made about how to manage baseball games, how to make decisions, who to put in certain spots. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting.
2: Also, wasn't there a bit of a a controversial win for the in this series for the for Detroit and Oakland? Because uh, I think there was a home run that uh, happened. And, yeah, uh,
0: something happened in Game 2. I and the I f-
2: and the fan, like, extended their arm and grabbed the ball, and they considered it a home run or something like that. I don't remember. Because, like, I, I remember seeing a replay or something that they were showing on TV, and um, I guess they considered it a home run because uh, – I don't know the guy. The guy, the, the fan, I guess, basically extended his hand over the boundary. I think it's the yellow line that's um that's up against the wall, and yeah, and he caught the baseball and he and I guess threw. Um, uh, and um said that it was a uh, it was a home run because it was over the yellow line or something like that, and I don't know.
1: Yeah, there there definitely game, was a fan involved. Game um, four. Game four. Game four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A yeah. guy <laughs> with the blue sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, He's the I think, problem. Yeah, I think He's there's... the problem. The fans are not the problem. The guy in the blue sweatshirt. Because <laughs> like is I think the they. Um...
0: Yeah it's it's one of, it's one of those complicated situations now where they have a fence, but the but top of the not... fence is not your home run line. They draw a home run line. Mm. And basically, the fan you know reached over and caught it, and it, it's hard to say whether whether uh, uh, Reddick, the outfielder, had a shot at it. Mm. Um, you know, because it's, uh, it's just the type you, you of thing. It's hard to say. Yeah, it's hard to look at trajectory um, and all it, that. Yeah, th- you know, I, the the guy didn't reach his hand down below the yellow line, but I mean, you know, the trajectory of a ball is of a ball mm. that's mm. is falling. You know, yeah, it's yeah. down. So that was that was the controversy. But you know what? But, yeah. What what's new with controversy in the
1: playoffs? Um, I think for Reddick, you know, he probably would have had a better chance catching that ball in his beard than he would have in his glove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you seen that? Yeah, thing? yeah I have. I think his beard has got to be bigger than his glove. It might be better
0: than you it's know. I, I, I was watching. I was watching the Pats game. No, was it the Pats? Oh, God. No, no. It was, the, it was the Chiefs last week. I was watching Chiefs Giants, and the Chiefs the have a tight end. Tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember his name. Mike. Um, guy I've never heard of. He's their third-string tight end. And he's actually... Uh, but he good. has an amazing beard. beard it's yeah. huge. It's just... You don't even realize it's beard. You think it's a shadow underneath his... And it's like you, he helmet. has his helmet on, <laughs> him, and then there's just this lingering shadow anyway, right there. Not, not, not to bring the non-sequiturs, but... Mm-hmm. Um, breaking news... I've figured out who Josh Freeze is. Okay. <laughs> Josh Freeze is the drummer for the band A Perfect Circle. Yeah, that was where that came from. They have a new album coming out. Yeah, it drops this month. Anyway, um <laughs> hey, we, we're not getting That's paid for that for that plugin. plugin. No, no. no. Hey, you, know, <laughs> you have a lot of information in your head, in. you know. Thank the you, the yeah, wrong yeah. name will
1: come out. That's it. from time to time. Gonna do? time. Do? What are you going to do? No, just
0: wanna... <laughs> Cheap plugin. Um, Cheap plugin. <laughs> So we got a big, we got a, we got a, a nice NLCS coming up here, just a nice matchup. And I honestly, you know, I picked, I picked St. Louis before. I guess I could, it wouldn't be difficult for me to say
1: I'm sticking with my pick, but I don't know. The Dodgers look tough.
0: Stick
2: to your conviction.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it comes down to me. It comes down to starting pitching because both mm. teams' lineups are, are great. I would give the edge to the Dodgers as far as lineups go. I think, um, but not by much.
2: What about pitching?
1: Starting pitching wise, I think the Dodgers—they have the best pitcher in the game in Kershaw. Um, he'll be—he'll be starting Game Two, and they're going to start Grenke tonight, who is also you know a top ten starting pitcher in the league. So if you have those guys going one and two, you also have them going six and seven or five and six. Four, four, five, and seven, right? Yeah, they might just rotate them back and forth yeah. all series long. Um, so you know, but at the same time, you got Wainwright and Waka who are pitching equally, if not better, right now. You know, so I don't know. I don't know what to chalk it up to. Chalk it up to home field for you know St. Louis in Game Seven, possibly. Could be. It could, could be. come down could be. to that. Um, Wouldn't that be something? Yeah,
2: they're, they're pretty good at home. I mean. I don't know who really to give the edge to, but it's going to be an intense
1: series. I think. I picked the Dodgers to start. Uh, mm-hmm. I love their lineup, and Hanley Ramirez has been the Hanley Ramirez of, of old. old. You know, <laughs> the guy you wanted to take with the first pick in the fantasy draft. I mean, <laughs> oh god, he's he's don't been remind on, me, dude. He's been on fire. This guy. <laughs> and uh, you know, they got the rookie Puig, who is still solid. You know, I think I feel like he hit some sort of slump. You know, after all that hype and he was going nuts. But he's really, you know, he's gotten good, solid base hits. Not so much hormone power in the playoffs, but he's driving in runs. He's scoring runs. You know, he's a very influential part of the game for them. And, um, yeah, I mean.
0: I see that you have written down here. That St. Louis uh-huh. is seven and one true. in the last three years in elimination games, yeah. which doesn't surprise me. Um, I, you know that you know if there if there's any team that is just the the playoff tested team that you just kind of trust, um, you know St. Louis is your squad. That mm-hmm. was that was why that was why I you know picked we, them before the playoffs. Actually, yeah. I think I picked them at the mid season point.
2: Think that I think was when you we did were talking about
0: that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I just felt like, I just actually. felt like there's so much about baseball that is that you can't predict way back then, mm-hmm. uh, about what rotations are going to be. There's so much that's a crapshoot, Um, but one thing that, that I felt the only thing that I felt that I could actually trust or predict was that St. Louis, assuming they made the playoffs, which I believe at that point they had the best record. So it looked like they were going to make the playoffs. Um, that if they made the playoffs, they're the team I can trust because they just seem to have been. They've had so much success, um, and I, you know, I imagine that will that will you know continue. But you know, it's tough. I mean, you know, you, you got Kershaw and Granke. and like you said, Dan, Waka. We'll call him Waka. Waka and Wainwright are pitching. You know, just as good. You know, in a in a short term sense, they're pitching just as good. Um, are they combined like as good as as you know the one and two on the Dodgers I don't know I mean you you probably can't say that yet, but you don't know mm-hmm. um it's tough. i'm trying- I'm trying to think of something similar to what the Dodgers have and the the closest comparison was when the when the Phillies had Halliday and Cliff Lee, but I don't know if they did they make the playoffs that year mm-hmm. that was the year after they made the World Series with the Yankees and Cliff Lee was Ooh. just just the scariest pitcher I've ever seen uh, oh. since Pedro Martinez, who also pitched in that in series. series. Uh, not in a scary way, though. Um, <laughs> but um, did they make the playoffs the next year after they
1: acquired Halliday? I don't think it was the very <laughs> next year. Uh, I think they did one year, but um, obviously I don't, I don't think that it was that. Okay, all right.
0: Well, uh, we've got a, a few more minutes left. you guys want to talk about um,
1: the AL? Mm-hmm. Big game tonight. Big mm-hmm. game, big game tonight. Yeah, I mean, um, it'll be interesting to see how Miguel Cabrera um, comes back after finally breaking out of his 0 for fourteen slump so far. Yeah, the other night um, he went four for four, a bunch of RBIs, couple of doubles, and um, you know, he's the MVP mm-hmm. of the American League, mm-hmm. pretty much. You know, mm-hmm. unless Mike Trout somehow sneaks in there, but um, you know they need him they need fielder they need their big boppers to start scoring runs because they have not been scoring runs and uh you know the tigers have scored three or less runs in four of the last five games and you know that's not been them mm-hmm. all year um but you know with verlander on the mound um up he's against a, the rookie is this yeah a you'd, li- you'd like to you know you'd like to like their chances but these rookies are pitching so good you know if you, you feel like anything is possible, wouldn't it? I was just thinking about this. Wouldn't it like
0: really just be something if the A's won? Yeah, wouldn't yeah. that be kind of crazy? Yeah, yeah. you know the A's. The, the A's are the kind of team that has always, you know, they've always, you know, been, you know, the money ball team. They've always kind of done more with less, um, and they've always kind of over, um, you know, played a lot better than you would think. But it hasn't always. It hasn't translated to deep playoff success. You know, they really have not made a lot of, in their The last fifteen years, uh, they have not made a lot of championship series. I think they did once against the uh, against the Yankees. One of those years, the Yankees beat them in the
1: ALCS. But um, that would be something. I think so. Well, they, they made it out of the first round this year so far. So that was good. Oh, that's true. Without playing a game. <laughs> round <first> zero. zero. <laughs> round <laughs> zero. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge that, it's, yeah they
0: call this round two, second round,
1: you know I think to be <sighs> I honest with you I, I feel like <laughs> Oakland is in the same exact vote as the golden state warriors the golden state warriors they are yeah. They are a very strong team who you know is just a couple of pieces away from really making you know a, a nice run at it mm-hmm. um, so good for good for Oakland, you know with all the problems that Oakland has going on,
2: yeah,
1: you know. At least they, at least their people have a couple of sports teams that they can root for and, you know, expect to win more times than not. So. That's true. Yeah.
0: Do you give either of these teams a shot against the Red Sox? Well,
1: yes, I do, Michael. Um, yeah, I think if I'm going to pick, I'm going to go with the Tigers. I had picked them, um, you know. Before the playoffs had started, I think the, I think the Tigers have not really found their groove yet, and they're still in a game five. Um, they are away, so it is an away game for them. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I think Boston Boston's is a really good team. They got a lot of bashers. Um, their starting pitching is is solid, but I, I do feel like they have a lot of older pitchers who are kind of hit or miss and not as dominant as some of these National League teams. Yeah, so they're. They're more vulnerable to give up three or four runs in an inning. I think in that, it,
0: let's say it's Detroit. I, I, I think in that series, it, it definitely is going to come down to. I mean, Clay Buchholz had a really, really, really dominant year this year. One point um,
1: seven four ERA.
0: Yeah, like crazy dominant. Um, so they've got you know they've got an ace. You know, they and, and the Tigers would have Scherzer or whoever. And um, but I think it, what it would really come down to was how well can Peavy guys like that mm. you know the back end of the Red Sox rotation. Um They're a good team. They're a they're a young team. Well, they're an old team, but they they're a team that relies on they have a lot of youth and age and not a lot in the middle, I guess. They 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 rely on a lot of young players. Mm. Um Lot of certainly seemed to work out for them in this last series, so we'll see. It should be interesting. Um what do you think Nick?
2: Um, I think I'm picking Detroit to make it, and um, excellent. And choice. it would it would be uh, interesting if Oakland did one, I must say. But I'm sticking with Detroit, and I mean, yeah, I think it would be a good series uh, for uh, if they were to play Detroit because I uh, do because, uh, the the Boston Red Sox they they're good, of course, but um, I think they're beatable. Um, I think Detroit um, can give them a run. You
1: know, I'm glad that this has come to a game five. Like I just alluded to a little while ago, both of these two cities are struggling. You know, hmm. in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, Detroit just filed for bankruptcy, and you know the crime rate in Oakland is off the charts. In, in both cities, so you know to have a game five. I mean, yeah. tonight is going to be awesome in those two cities. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, true. You know, yeah. and it's they have something to celebrate. You know, hmm. win, lose, or there's no draw, but and
0: there's no celebrating if they lose. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> they're celebrating. Hopefully, it's you know oh, yeah. respectable.
1: <laughs> they're celebrating relevancy, but it's good for baseball. It's good for the cities. And uh, as a fan of neither team, I am extremely excited to watch that game. Good times. All
0: right, we're gonna have a good time tonight watching the game. Back after this,
2: we don't really have a commercial. We just like to hear ourselves talk. Hi. Yo. What's up? Okay. Back to the show.
0: Welcome back, guys. Um, Had a nice little discussion about baseball. Time to turn our gaze toward the NFL. Week 6 starts tonight in a game that we probably thought was going to be bigger than it was a few weeks ago. Um, But uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening in the NFL. It's a topsy-turvy league. Uh, We know about that. It's parody-driven league, and this year is exemplifying that more than any other. Uh, You guys want to start at the top or start at the bottom?
1: Let's start at the very bottom with the New York Giants. Everything's
0: always better on the bottom. All right. Giants Steelers. Giants and Steelers, 0-9. They're two of the flagship organizations in pro football. They've won four out of the last nine or so. Eight or nine. Eight Eight or nine Super Bowls. Bowls. What?
1: What? What mm. went wrong? <laughs> and why did it continue?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, what, what do you guys think? What's going on with these two teams? Well, I think that
2: uh, they, they're, like you said, off like, off air, they're old-school type of teams. They like to run their ship a certain way, and I think they're not really keeping up with the way other coaches are bringing, like, new aspects to the game. Mm-hmm. I think that they've held on to a few players for a bit too long. I think they're trying to remain the same and try to you know do their ways as you would say um the giant way big blue and you know the Steeler way but i think that it's just they can't keep up with what these other coaches are bringing to the table and i think that um they're gonna have to major changes mm-hmm. um, i don't know how they're gonna do it because it seems like coaches are sticking <laughs> to what they do and i
0: they have to change that aspect to them you uh, that's going to be like a tough thing for them to do. Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, like like you said, both of these teams are are set in their ways, and they're set in their ways. They have a conservative philosophy to approaching and, you know, to the game. They don't make big splashes in free agency. They don't pay any one player tons and tons of money. Um, for the most part, you know, I mean, the Giants gave Eli Manning a a, a big contract, but. To a certain extent, that's just common sense. In, in football, you got to lock up your you, – if you have a Super Bowl quarterback, you, you got lock up, it. you know, to a certain extent. That's obvious. Um, but, you know, they they, they they have a number that is the maximum they will pay a guy who's leaving a free agency and wants more money. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. You know, in general, that's the way the two organizations run. And I think in recent years, you know, they've had Super Bowl success. They've gotten a lot of credit for running – their teams that way Mm -hmm. and maybe they've gotten too much credit where they've rested on their laurels to a certain extent because i think what both teams have going on is sort of uh, for reasons, but uh the rock in like the foundation of the team you said nick like i mean when i think about the giants the giant the the high profile players on the giants eli manning you know victor Cruz um these guys are still great they, they still they're their skill position players that everybody knows about are still great but what isn't any good anymore are the guys that they've been relying on all these years on the offensive line you know chris snee david deal they're getting old you know they can't play anymore they're not as effective and i i think that's going that the giants have not hit on a good draft pick in a long time uh you know you want to say jason pierre paul okay i don't even know what's going on with jason pierre paul and what you're seeing i think is the comes out of missing on draft picks for year after year after year and if you look at 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 pittsburgh it's a slightly different thing they uh, you know Steeler way they've let a lot of their talent go they let james harrison go they let mike wallace go they let Nate Washington go a few years ago. You know, they didn't a lot want to of their, pay him. they didn't want to pay him, mm-hmm. and you know, that was a good that was strategy. But I think pretty, um, there's something to be said for moderation on either end of that. And I think maybe they swung too far towards the conservative end, and now they're left with both teams are left with some guys, but a lot of just sort of holes on their roster. You know, and you look at and has been injury issues. You know, the Giants seem to always have injury issues. Uh, Pittsburgh, who currently has a hard time teching Ben Roethlisberger. Thank God for them that Ben Roethlisberger is a quarterback that have because I don't know that any other quarterback could have had success with carrying such a poor pass-blocking offensive line over the last few years. But um, they lost Marquise Pouncey for the year. That's huge, you know. So I think it's just it's they both really need to be in rebuilding mode, and it's tough to
1: even imagine that, but yeah. Giants, I feel as though they are always in rebuilding mode. And that is the problem. Like you said, they don't pay players that become, you know, stars or somewhat stars. They kind of just let them go. And so every year they're adding new guys to the rotation. And it takes time for those players to gel and to learn the system every single year. And so, you know, if you look at the Giants' regular season, even two years they won the Super Bowl, I mean,. They look like the worst team in the league one week, and then they look like probably the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. But they still wind up, you know, 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six at, at maximum best, you know. The Giants mm-hmm. have won 13 games, you know, in the last years or, mm-hmm. or, or more, obviously. And I just think that it, for them, they they stuck to their guns. They played their kind of ball. Um, and as the season got on, they were able to reach the playoffs. Um you know, guys came back from injuries. They were able to make runs because it all came together at the right time. And I think some of the other teams were probably trying to do a little bit too much. Um, and, and kind of, kind of the same thing with the Steelers, maybe. But um, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that are just not off the great starts. Uh, Atlanta's another team, um, one mm-hmm. and four, losing to the Jets. I think a lot of people were surprised by that, yeah, uh, including Ted, um, who watched the entire <laughs> game. Um, but you know. It's the NFL, you know. It's up and down. Every year is different. I mean, Kansas City is on the complete opposite end of that spectrum, you know. Last year they won two games. I projected at the beginning of the season they would only win six already at five, you know. I guess John called it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless they lose every other game, which is possible. <laughs> you know, you, br-
0: you brought up Atlanta. Atlanta's another another uh, interesting story. And I, I, here's something that I think might be the culprit for Atlanta. They um, – they're another kind of team where, I, I guess similar to how I what I was saying about the Giants, where they've got some money tied up in their best players and then a lot of kind of tripe kind of filling out the roster. And one of the reasons for that could be, I don't know if you guys remember how they acquired Julio Jones. You remember what they had to do? They gave up six, six draft picks, including their first and second round that year, their first round the next year. So there, I actually read. Um, oh, sorry, Dan, knocked into your leg. Um, I read an interesting. Uh, I was reading something about Falcons, and the guy said, and obviously you can't just do this, but with those picks, based on the Falcon needs in those years and selections where they ended up being in the draft, they could have had. I'm trying to remember who's the Jet, um, Muhammad Wilkerson. They could have had. I can't remember, but they with those picks, they could have filled. A number of needs mm-hmm. with the high picks that they gave up Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Now Julio Jones is an elite receiver; mm-hmm. he's an absolutely game-changing player. Mm-hmm. But the second time he's broke his foot. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, the question becomes: Was that worth it? Well, it's in a lot, hindsight, so. with, you're right. You're right. But in general, at the time when there
2: was success, then it's like, oh, it's worth it. It's worth it. Now injuries. Oh, now well, it's yeah. worth it? it. I mean. It's, it's, it's hard to predict. say.
0: I guess the question becomes, is it ever worth it to risk so much on a single player when it's, it's so feast or famine? If you lose that player, wow, suddenly what happened? We could have been this, but mm. we weren't because we gave up six picks. Um, reminds me of, remember the Ricky Williams trade? So the Saints oh, the Saints. Saints gave up a, a, a treasure trove. Just I don't know. It was something like six, seven six picks, seven picks right? Share. Just to move up. You know, and to be able to draft Ricky Williams, and one of, I, you know, Ricky Williams never played on a good yeah. Saints team, yeah. And I think that's what you know. Football's he just unless like, you're yeah. a quarterback, football's not about one
1: player. <laughs> you know, um. I think for Atlanta, obviously, you know, looking at it from their perspective at the time when the trade was made, on the day the trade was made, to the second the trade was made, um, they are you know, they've always been a team that's won around you know 13 games so they're always going to have in their minds all those picks are you know 25th and later mm. and so they're they're used to you know getting a good prospect at that at that you know position. position but they do most of their you know negotiating with players that are around the league i feel like mm-hmm. you know with free agency and stuff a lot of mm-hmm. those teams that are at the top are not going to get the prized first you know 10 picks so they have to go through, you know, agency and, and things of that nature, which every year there's tons of, you know, free agents. Yeah. And so I think for them, you know, they took that one chance to try and get the, you know, best wide receiver they were hoping of the generation, mm-hmm. so to speak. And I, when he's been healthy, he's performed. Yeah. Um, obviously, like Mike said, you know, right now it, it's unfortunate. Like he's out for the year. Mm-hmm. And so now, you, you know, looking back in hindsight, you know, was it worth it? But you know, there's, they still have the free agency, which is what they do most of their most business of the time, off of. Yeah. I think, and so you know, it's, it's tough and it's unfortunate. But you know, Julio Jones has not been the only problem for them this year. Yeah. And yeah. even if he was healthy, you know, he's been healthy, and they're still one in four at this point. Yeah. So you know, they have it's, a lot of they have a lot of issues which holes. which yeah. could have been taken care of in the draft with picks that would have been twenty five or, or lower. But you know, a lot of those guys don't turn out too. So it's kind of mm-hmm. It's all obviously. It should, Either yeah. way, yeah. well, let, you know, let's look at it. Maybe some, let's look at let's look at the
0: teams that are doing really, really well this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some like how what is the way? Maybe we can figure out like how are they, what are these teams doing? What are yeah. these guys doing? All right. Well, when you think about let's it, let's see. Well, go ahead. Okay. Well,
2: what did the Chiefs do? Okay, like, the Chiefs. Let's take them. Here's what I think they're, about. They're Chiefs. the ones who stand out the
0: most. The way the Chiefs did it, and it's funny. I was looking. I'm, I'm looking at the teams, and it seems like it's a difference for each one. I don't but, know what they
2: did in the draft. You no, know,
0: You look at Denver, it's pretty simple, right?
2: Yeah, that's...
0: Just trust that having a good quarterback is the best thing you can do in the NFL. And if you have the best quarterback, it's just going to work out. And yeah. It, it makes almost every other decision you make, like for like offensive personnel, just look. And offensive that's, line. Yeah. And they
1: added a second great slot wide receiver. True. Yeah. That's true. Which is... Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's a good... That's yeah, his bread and it's butter. It's a good thing. Yeah. They,
0: have, they have Ryan Clady, even though they don't have him this year, but Ryan Clady is a just stud um, that's, um, offensive well, a tackle. tackle very a tackle. handsome man very handsome man um so that's denver uh, pretty simple right yeah. kansas city um kansas city was all team for me that was kind of bubbling under the surface they have drafted really high up so many times in the last like five years in the last 10 years but years ago probably isn't really pertinent to this team um they have a ton of a ton of talent, and I think for them this year it was as simple as fixing their huge problems at quarterback and coach, mm-hmm. which they've had for a long time. Mm-hmm. They fixed them. Andy Reid, say what you will, maybe he's not the best coach in the world, but he's certainly nobody. He's not a good coach. Mm-hmm. And, and um, Why am I drawing a blank? 49ers quarterback. Alex Smith. Smith. Alex Smith. Say what you will about him. Certainly a capable, capable quarterback, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you, you know quarterback, whatever. Maybe not. But capable quarterback, mm-hmm. they fix those those issues, and suddenly the wealth of talent on their roster is showing now. On mm. defense, you have Eric Berry. You have uh, their um, linebacker named after a former linebacker, <laughs> uh, Derek Derek uh, uh, William beam. Derek
1: Roberts. Derek for real.
0: Derek for real. <laughs> whatever Uh, they got Duntari Poe you know nose tackle they've got they've got a ton of talent you look look on offense you know you have they've always had Dwayne Bowe for a while you got Jamal Charles who's one of the most electrifying players in the league who's been great this year for them and he has been great this year um they're just they're a wealth of talent and suddenly you give them a good you can actually make use of it and it's Mm -hmm. like oh wow wow! apparently you can win with a wealth of talent Mm -hmm. um it's not that dissimilar to what happened with San Francisco. I'd actually say Kansas City and San Francisco, besides having the same quarterback, um, say. their theirs have been very similar because San Francisco similarly had tons of high picks, and they their There's is their picks. roster is constructed of. I, I remember it was a year ago that I like I think I read an article about saying that they have like eighteen former first round picks on their roster in starting twenty two. In yeah. <laughs> their starting 22. 22, 18 of those players are former first-round picks, either their own or, like, cast-offs, mm-hmm. like guys who were, like, like busts other teams, but they were like, but you're talented, and we have a good coach now. Mm-hmm. So,
2: you so know, basically, you have talent, bring in. and he'll, yeah. bring it, he'll bring the best. So, out. I
0: mean, I, I guess that's Kansas City. Um, what else do we got? I mean, New England... I don't know. That, that doesn't talking that about? Doesn't <laughs> no, are uh, not Orland, the New Orleans. To a certain extent, they're, they're a team where it was like they had one year that was misleading. You know, Well, obviously, do with the head coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, he, the, the head coach, coach mattered that much. Yeah, too. They didn't exactly have a mediocre roster. They were a Super Bowl-winning team the last time we saw them with Don Payton, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, What else do you got? Seattle. What can we say about Seattle? P-QB? Pick three.
2: Right quarterback. Uh, started the right quarterback yeah. obviously um it, i just it
0: rains a lot there it rains a lot a great stadium a great crowd great fans, yeah um they have a lot of uh they're a team that didn't do it all through the draft you know they they picked up a lot of their like they have a h- amazing defensive line rotation um that, full of players that just get after the quarterback corner, quarterback quarterback um uh chris Lemons. you know these are guys these are guys that are just free pickups a lot of them
2: mm-hmm.
0: um but they, they they made a lot of good draft picks in the secondary Earl Thomas uh Richard Sherman who Richard I'm not 100% Sherman. but they did draft him I think did they, they drafted draft him? him yeah um you know how's Harbaugh done this year he's been injured. he's been in okay. he hasn't played all right he hasn't played yet
2: yeah that they they, they, they thought like they would have a problem offense because they didn't have that much of of offense really and Percy Harvin was supposed to come in and probably fix or help to that uh, degree to help them with the offense. But, like, um, they always – I think people thought, like, their offense would be weak. But, like, I was like, Percy Harvin wasn't there before last year, so they're going to be pretty much used to what they got. So
1: Minnesota um, has a brand-new backup quarterback.
2: (laughs) Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if he started sometime this year.
1: Josh!
0: Freeman. (laughs) Freeman. I'm very excited uh, Hmm. to see him immediately start. Because I think he still is, like, talented. I don't know what happened in Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay is a whole lot of nonsense right now, so I I can't even. I I (coughs) lean the blame at the head coach.
2: Yeah. Because I heard, like, he runs it like a tight ship. (laughs) He runs it like he's still in college, and it's
0: grown men that he's dealing with, and that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem a lot of coaches, college coaches, have coming out. You know, it's a it's a very different thing. Yeah, you know, just the sense of entitlement. Of guys who are getting paid compared to guys, guys who, who aren't are paying tuition. <laughs> yeah, well, let's be real. None of them pay tuition. But, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I, I it's you know because that's that's the type of t- Minnesota is the type of team where uh, they're not Chiefs talented, but but they're the type of team that. Fixed quarterback can go a long way. Yeah, you know, with the yeah. guys that they've got. Yeah, um, maybe even just the guy that they've got, Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's. I guess maybe it's just. Are, are, can you think of any other teams that are doing it a similar way? The Giant way. How I don't they're think doing? can really doing, doing it. What, what their are, are way. some? What are some old-fashioned? The Jaguars the Jaguars. They're
1: also zero <laughs> uh four.
0: Yeah, the record would uh, indicate that. Zero <laughs> oh, five.
1: Zero oh, right. oh, five.
0: five. Even. Oh, are we going to start talking about the Jaguars right now? Let's talk about Jags and no. the
1: Denver Broncos, the London Jaguars, the pick, mm. the yeah, the line that I want to against.
2: You guys should not be talking much. Talk. You have the same record as. The-
1: <laughs> oh, oh. <So. laughs>
2: i'm just saying we're getting honestly on though, them because we though, obviously they're a this, terrible this team, jags
0: team uh, this jags team uh, it, 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 it's awful. their own five is not like any five, five. <laughs> they're not even in games. <laughs> they just they just got blown out they just got manhandled by the awful ramp. They couldn't cover a total point spread mm-hmm Twelve point spreads are huge. Yes, means. you only see a twelve point spread if it's like the best team, one of the an elite team facing a bad team. You a know, two touchdown spread is a rare occurrence, and we saw a basically a touchdown spread hmm. pitting one of the worst teams against the, in the league against the Jags. St. Louis doesn't get favored by twelve they barely they get favored against a bad team if they're at home. By a point, maybe, mm. you know, the Jags are historically bad, and I, you know, like Dan alluded to, there's a historic line for this week's game, Denver against the Jags. I am sadly facing Peyton Manning in my fantasy league this week, mm. uh, so it'll get up as a loss. Uh, well, I mean, we'll see, but 28 points, 20 points—that's mm. a college line.
2: Yeah, and it will be. Mac. Here's how big 28 points is.
0: <laughs> if Denver wins this game 40 to 13, the Jags cover the spread. If Denver wins this game 52 to 24, 52 to 24 push. <laughs> oh man, how crazy is that? I
2: don't know. So, with that
0: being said, are they going to cover?
2: <laughs> what Denver is, the, uh, is Jacksonville
0: going to cover? 28 points.
2: I don't think they're going to score as I don't know.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I mentioned it weeks ago when they were they were facing four, They were when they were only 0-2, I think. They were facing Seattle. Yeah. Uh, which is another matchup against the top team, of course. And that line was 19 and a half, I believe. Or Didn't 20. they like... And I said, I said on this very podcast, I said, I'm always taking that line. I'm always taking that. No way can you take the, the team that favored by that many points. It just doesn't tend to happen. Mm-hmm. You know? And they lost 41-17. So, hmm. I you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm tempted to pick the Jags again, but because it's 28 points. So, <laughs> come on. I mean. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, taking, do I know. I'm
1: taking the Jags. I think um, Yeah, dude. I'm taking the Jags to lose by 27 <laughs> points. Um, I think, you know, it's the NFL. You want to get your numbers high and everything else. But, you know, when Denver gets big, which they will, come fourth quarter, the fourth quarter is going to be slow. They're going to try and get, you know, Denver's going to try and get their running backs into the game to get them pumped up and get good yardage so that they're better for next week. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're not just going to be throwing the ball all over the field for four quarters. You know, when you play a weak team like that, the best thing to do is to try and work the areas that aren't working that well. And so the passing game is is exceptional, and they will want to start with that Mm -hmm. and get out to a huge lead. But, um, you know, they have a lot of running backs. And I think at some point they need to kind of figure out, you know, who's the one, who's the two, you know, who's the three, as opposed to throwing them all in the mix. So in a game like this, you know, I feel like those guys should be able to get decent amount of carries each to kind of help the coaches figure out where they stand in the running game. Nice little preseason game, bam. <laughs> yeah, that's what
0: I
2: was thinking of. I was like, so it's a pre-season yeah. game for them. Yeah, okay, I, I mean, okay, yeah. all
1: right. Well, if they if if Denver wanted to blow them out by twenty eight points they could. they could. Yeah. I just I think that it'll I think it'll be under twenty eight. Okay. they don't, that, they, don't, don't, need, they, don't they don't need to, they, they don't they don't have. need to win by thirty points. So why you know the, they're just the gonna big, figure out a new I think there's a lot of
0: possibility for fourth quarter points to be scored by the Jags, Justin Blackman to just go off. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: yeah. yeah, like last bad. week he had you know, they didn't play good but he had a seventy six yard touchdown. You know, and Denver's given up a couple of big plays like that this year. Hmm. So, you know, and then there's always um, special teams. They can score a touchdown on special teams. True. And then you're going have 14 points, and Denver would have to get, you know, up to 52, which they can, obviously.
2: Do you think they will, though? Like, will they, if they're blowing them out early, would do you think they'll just, like, will Peyton just throw the football just if- or will they just from, like, those kind of plays that you were talking about, you know, try to test out, you know, other aspects of their game? I think it makes
1: sense. I, you know what I mean? You get up big, and then you try and work plays that you don't normally run and try and get those plays better and get those players to feel like they're more – more a bigger part of the team. Okay. You know what I mean? Denver's got – you know, they got their two slot receivers, and they have uh, – um, who's their deep threat? um oh, um uh, – Thompson? The – Thomas, the, the Thomas, 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 Yeah, so you know, he's he's hitting them. All. He's hitting Walker and Thomas and um, those guys like crazy. And Thomas, and Thomas, and Julius Thomas, Julius Thomas. Julius Thomas. Don't well. forget him. Yeah. So East. you know, football is a team sport, and mm-hmm. you know, when the game's on the line, those are your key guys. But you also need everyone to feel like you know they're valued and, and their hard work. You know, is going to get them into box the Score to some degree. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I want to get into a game. Probably people will watch um, the New England Bears and the New England Saints.
0: Patriots. Saints at Patriots.
2: Yes, Saints at the Patriots. What do you got? This game? How you think this will go?
0: I think it's uh, it. It's uh, good for me, the football fan, that it's at the Pats. Because if it was at the Saints, I I'd, I I'd, I'd call it like a run over. Um, <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, but um, you know, Pats are getting a couple guys back. They got well, they got Amendola back, back last yeah. week. Uh, he didn't play that much, which is what's to be expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get Gronk back this week. Are we um, sure
2: he's going to be? Back this uh, week? Yeah,
0: it's it's looking. This is this is the week. Because right?
2: like we were sure um, last week that he was going to play, but then he. We weren't sure. I th- well, a lot of people sounded like they were. Yeah. Well, it seemed he like gonna...
0: he could have, but I, th- it's it's looking like this is the week. Um, but uh, you know, he he may take it slow, but he'll be. He's. I heard he was ice.
2: actually. I think he's questionable for this game as well.
0: Well, it's officially questionable, but that.
2: Did you know? Wait, they always they, do
1: that. Yeah. yeah. Gronk will have you five know, catches for fifty-six yards and a touchdown. Did you Mark know? Did you know word.
0: the um, probable, doubtful, questionable uh, nomenclature that the NFL uses is is um, is a normalized thing, and it's based. It's not like. I don't know what I used to think it was based on, but it literally is just based on the amount of practices you took part in that week. And it has nothing to do with whether, like, if you're doubtful, usually it, you know, it means you took part in like zero. to one, I don't know what it is, but like zero to one practices the week before. Mm-hmm. Usually, obviously, that would correspond with you probably not playing, you know, because a) you probably weren't aren't healthy enough to play, slash b) your coach is going to hold you out because a lot of coaches just do that mm-hmm. if you don't practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it usually corresponds, but it doesn't actually mean anything. Like he's questionable, whatever. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. I found that out recently, um, but I, I, you know, I, the Pats are getting Tom Brady's getting red zone targets back mm-hmm. this week, uh, which is very important for them because they, you know, he couldn't they couldn't score last week uh, a touchdown anyway.
2: Yeah, Tom Brady got shut out.
0: Um, you know that'll be big for them. I don't know what the weather is going to be like, but you know, Saints are tough though. Yeah, it's a big game.
2: It's a big game. They're pretty much good on both ends of the ball. I mean, Rob Ryan, i got to give him a lot of credit because uh, you take one of the worst defenses and you turn it into maybe potentially, I think it's like a top 10 right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very, very and and we already know what Drew Brees and Sean Payton can do because it's obvious like Sean Payton was a big thing that they obviously were missing last year. And I think um, that kind of shows his leadership and I think that these guys are pretty much elite when they're together so i think offense was the main thing that we already knew was going to be good but the defense is the plus side right here for mm-hmm. them and that they have that on both sides of the ball they, it's got them for like very high potential for you know contendership
1: um i'm, I'm definitely hoping that the patriots get beat pretty bad um, <laughs> pretty bad um you know, for years, Patriots have, you know, their division has always been very weak, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Miami and Buffalo have been weak. That's in the last couple of years have been weak as well. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, I think Patriots always have a great s- schedule. If you look at their schedule the last couple of years, it's one of the East in the league. And you know that's extremely beneficial. Not only do you have a, an easy schedule, but you also you know have an easy division, mm-hmm. you know, which gives you those two games each against those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this year it seems as though some of those other teams in that division are finally taking a couple of steps forward. Yeah, and um, and I feel like the Patriots are taking a couple of steps back. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, the way I look at this game is is I think New Orleans you know is going to run all over. Mm-hmm. And I hope that they do so that these Patriots fans can kind of come down to earth and stop bashing the Giants fans who beat them <laughs> twice in the Super Bowl in the last four years. That would yep. be twice. I don't remember that, Dan. Patriots fans don't seem to remember it, <laughs> except, <laughs> except <laughs> after the Giants lose and they, they yeah. post it on Facebook.
0: I'm glad you're able to get your shots in. Um <laughs> Uh, Dan, Dan, did you have a uh, game that you were interested in? Yeah, that's what I was looking
1: at. Yeah, actually, um, to me, the Steelers and the Jets game is very intriguing. Um, yeah. Going into the season, the Jets were not really expected to do much with a rookie quarterback. Um, and, you know, not even sure if if Sanchez was going to be the quarterback or the rookie. But um, they have won those games that they only lost to the Patriots by two or three, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, you know, arguably, could be four and one, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're three and two though, as it stands, mm-hmm. and they're going up against that same Pittsburgh Steelers team that we we had talked about earlier, who is off to a very bad start at zero and four, and is uh, is one of the worst running teams in the league, along with the Giants. Um, and so it's for me, it's an interesting game. You know, Pittsburgh needs to win this game. You know, Pittsburgh has Absolutely. the best fans in the NFL. You know, mm-hmm. along with the Cowboys, and those fans, you know. They are. They, number one, did not expect them to be 0-4. No. And they certainly will not be happy if they lose to the Jets.
2: I don't think anybody expected them to be 0-4. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're talking about the Steelers, and, like, they just have, you know, they usually just have that cachet yeah. of, like, being a good team. And for them to be starting out this way is very surprising yeah. for me anyway. But.
1: Yeah. I think, I, to me, if, if the Steelers lose to the Jets, that brings them down. Even lower, yeah, even lower than where they are, um, but I think you know as bad as Pittsburgh has been, I think if the Jets can get the win, I still think even though they're they're beating an 0 and 4 team, I think that elevates them even more because they're up to four and two, they're right there in the division. Mm-hmm. And you know they're playing well enough to win games, and that's what—that's all you need to do. You know well, they'd, all, they'd be
0: tied for first. Yeah. Well, assuming the Saints win. Yeah. Which I think. Which sure, I think
1: we're all going. <laughs> let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> let's do that. Yeah. But yeah, to me that's a very intriguing game. Um, I don't, you know, I don't have a favorite either way, but if the
2: Pittsburgh Steelers don't, let's say, I—I I don't know if they'll beat what the Chiefs were and just get two wins, but. Say that something like that happens, what do you think will happen to that team? What, who, what to chapter, that team. What changes will definitely happen after this year?
0: I think they'll look more seriously, and I don't know what the timetable for this is, but they'll look more seriously at retaining guys like Emmanuel Sanders or Antonio Brown instead of letting them walk uh, as a change in in philosophy. You think they'll call for um, our money? Yeah, they might.
1: Okay. You know, yeah. So keep targets like Mike Wallace, who Ben Roethlisberger is yeah. more used to. Throwing well, that, to. well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. like, yeah. they'll
2: have to change their way towards the modern of what other teams are doing, instead of just saying, "Okay, this is what we we'll are pay you, but mm-hmm. we won't go beyond that." They'll have to change that strategy, is what you.
0: You know what? They, maybe their strategy should just be in the top ten for tens. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. What, did, like, what what came out of that little discussion? <laughs> what was our ultimacy for building a team, team. in 2003? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, uh, I I came across this my lone thing to say about the Jets Steelers game. I came across a uh, a tweet that was kind of interesting. Uh, the Daily News after Monday night the the game the Jets uh, Falcons game. <laughs> Gino lifts Jets to stunner over the Falcons with a last-minute drive. A star is born. Right, hmm. uh, the tweet had put this photo right next to a photo of the New York t- of the excuse me the uh, the Daily News uh, cover from some week two thousand nine. It's got Mark Sanchez on the cover. After pep talk from Namath, Broadway Mark debuts survey reviews. A star is born. Hmm. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see. Seems Just, a little familiar. Yeah. Certainly Seems too early
1: to tell. <laughs> yeah. you start talking Mo, that, yeah. that big, but. Yeah, which too, we all agree about. Too, too
2: much
0: praise. Uh, we got uh, five minutes left. Um, game to- a, Game tonight. Game tonight. What do we got? Oh God, God, can the M- Giants oh, yeah. sneak I out Chicago. a win? I don't want to remember that they
2: exist. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I go to Chicago. Chicago. Um, <laughs> State
0: of Lake, SNL. Mm. The like The bench, The, the check. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, c- can we guess the line? I feel like that's a more interesting thing pick to make because who, are, is anyone picking the Giants? What is the line? The line is minus eight. Is eight.
1: Minus, minus eight. Minus
0: mm-hmm. um, eight. Chicago minus eight, obviously.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I will. I'll take the Giants <laughs> with spread, um, and for no good reason. got s- that right? What's your score? I love that. Giants.
0: Giants have not covered a spread this season. Which makes you know they're a team that's zero and five, and they've been favored. Far, in the, some yeah, some they've of been them favored are. in some of these games because we thought, thought or not they, or we, we thought they were.
1: We thought that they would turn it around at some yeah, point. Yeah, um, Chicago's lost their last two games, and that's kind of the only reason why yeah. I'm, I'm thinking. You know, they're kind of on a downward spiral to some degree. Yeah, not obviously as against much as the Giants. Games, though. But who'd the Saints, they lose to? The
0: though? Saints and the I leave the
1: Lions. The Lions. Oh, okay, I'm glad. Okay. Two you wheel know, okay. Lions. Um, They're two good teams. I mean, it's you know, it's not like you know, you're going to lose games. Um, yeah, yeah, I hear you. But at the same time, I do feel like I do feel like the Giants steps forward. Um, but I don't think that I don't think. Mm-hmm. They'll, but think they'll cover. Okay. It'll be a close game, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to be able to go through all the uh, all the lines, but I'll try to pick out some interesting ones here. Skins Cowboys Sunday night. Cowboys are by four and a half. In Dallas.
2: In Dallas? I hope so. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, yeah, they can produce the way they did against, the, against Denver. I think they can
1: win handle it. it all depends on, me, it all depends on Washington's first half. They've been awful in the first half and great in the second half of games. And, um, you know, depending on what the score they have against Dallas. Um,
2: Let me say this uh, also, if RG3 doesn't play well, like I fly like stature or what his potential was supposed to be will drop significantly as well.
0: Yeah. It seems like that almost has already happened. People are starting to forget you know the way yeah. the way he was last year which was phenomenal. Kind of historically good. Yeah. I mean for a rookie.
1: Um people some people is calling him RG and I'm like who the heck's RG? <laughs> Who's RG? You know? Who's RG? <laughs> um all
0: right, all right. Let's close my eyes and throw a dart here. Lions getting Excuse me. Giving two and a half
1: at the Browns. I love the Lions. I picked them to be a sleeper playoff team, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Lions on them. Uh, second.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, uh, you know, lines under three are interesting because they're they're very close to just picking who's gonna win. Um, you know, picking the line, picking you know who. Whether it's, it's almost the like the Lions are
1: half a point favorites to some degree because it's usually they give <coughs> the home team three.
0: That's true. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. Well, no, no. Actually, no,
0: the Lions are favored, and they're on the oh, road. Oh, okay. So good, they're gotcha. really like a five and a half. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah. Which seems to actually jive with what we think of how good the Lions are and how good the Browns are. How about really quickly? We've all probably only got like 30 is seconds Megatron left here. Is Megatron playing? Uh, Megatron's playing. The, uh, okay. That doesn't even matter, good, really. A g- good quarterback is not playing for the Browns, though. They're back to Brandon De- Whedon.
1: Detroit had. They're back so, to him. So, uh, Yeah. Okay. Detroit Brian had Hoyers Yeah, got, got, got injured, too, so. Detroit had 40 points last week without Megatron, and Reggie Bush didn't even have that great of a game. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. uh, they, they, they can hang them up. I, you know,
0: Cleveland is playing with some purpose now.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, they, 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 they certainly seem to have uh, something going on, that team. Although, uh, you know, again, having to, you know, throw Brandon Whedon out there is tough. Mm. But, um, all right, guys, uh, we're going to say goodbye. Have fun watching the game tonight and all the games this weekend. And uh,
1: make sure you download us on iTunes because it's a lot better listening the second time. Believe me.
0: For sure. For sure.
1: And write comments. Please. Please. Do. Send money. Please.
2: Well, have a nice one. Thank you, guys, and uh, we'll catch you next time on Sportscast Prime.